All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome back to a Dropping the Gloves episode number 512. I don't even know. I just was telling Tim I drank a bunch of coffee already this morning, so I'm a little wired, not incredibly focused, but I got a lot of energy. I'm bringing a lot to the show today. Thank you for joining us. I apologize for Friday. We we missed the perfect week by one day. We, we were rolling. I woke up Friday, felt like garbage, and now here we are on a Monday. So what are you going to do? My kids are walking Petri dishes. So I'm bound to get something if I don't keep myself in peak shape. And I just let myself go. Thursday, the wife and I went out, had a couple beers. And I just, you know, something something got to me. So here we are, Monday morning. Lots has happened. Lots of games have been played. Let's get into it, Tim. How are you? How was your weekend? It was nice. I finished moving the rest of my stuff up into my new apartment. Um and it, yeah, it was fine. Watched a lot of hockey. I liked the day games yesterday. The hockey yeah. started at one o'clock. I was watching till to six, six, uh, succession. That show was on at nine o'clock. I was watching hockey the whole day. It was great. What show? Succession. Succession. It, you you like it actually? HBO. You can't afford it though. So I almost popped for HBO because we have Amazon Prime. And we wanted to watch Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. My wife's like, let's do it. And anytime she wants to watch anything, I'm like, let's do it. Yeah, we're going to watch something. Let's do it. And it, it wasn't on Amazon Prime, so you had to buy it. Or you could upgrade to HBO Max for seven days free. I'm like, let's do HBO Max, seven days free. And she's like, no, no, no. And I, I get it, because then I would have just been like up all night watching HBO Max. And so she didn't even, <laughs> she wears the pants. Everybody knows it. So she's like, no. So we just bought it on Apple. I think it was $20. You got all three movies. And we watched a little uh, Fellowship of the Rings. Extended cut? No, I don't like the extended cuts on anything. There's a reason it was cut in the first place. They just stick no. to theatrical version. It was cut because of knitting money. It's like commercialized. The, the art of it is in the extended cut, especially with Lord of the Rings. They're, they're pretty, no. pretty special. I did the theatrical. It was the same price. I reasoned that if someone cut it in the first place, I don't need to see it. So we just went theatrical version. You know who really annoys me in that movie? Gollum. I just don't like the character. I just don't like it. I get it. I get why he's there. I just, I'm just like, just kill him. 
just just kill him right away you know what i mean get rid of him yeah it's weird because everyone else likes him so it's weird that you don't do do they (laughs) he's the worst he's the worst Uh, the absolute worst character I'm like just when Sam catches him with like the bread and everything when they smash his face with the rock, throw him off the cliff. It's awful. My gosh, we're just bad people. That's what it is because you're supposed to, you know, forgive and forget. I'm like, just kill him right away. Get rid of him. Like, right, he's following you right away. Gandalf is like, yeah, he's been following us since such and such. Send Strider out, cut his throat, and be done with them. Movie would be over. Also. Take the eagle into Mordor right away. Right? Yeah, that, that whole thing has been debunked many times. You can't. Why is that? It wouldn't have worked. It would not have worked? No. The wow. Nazgul. The Nazgul would have taken him down. What's a Nazgul? The ring race and the dragons they ride. The well, why could why didn't he get him when he got Gandalf? Because they had already defeated him because of the the other battle happening in Pelennor Field and drew away all Sauron's forces. You know anything about Lord of the Rings? I guess that was Isengard, not Mordor, that he picked them up from. So Mordor might be a little more protected. Maybe. But even just even just the whole the whole movie, it's like, why not just ride the eagles till you get closer so you don't have to go over the mountains and through the woods and, you know. Just, just ride the eagles until you're like a half a day's walk away, <laughs> not forty days or whatever they walk. You know, it takes years in the book. I think it's crazy. Yeah, my wife's reading the book to the kids right now, and she made a deal with them. She said, "I'll read them to you, and you read them on your own, and then we'll show you the movies." And I'm like, we watched a movie, and we just said, "How long until the kids will be scared?" And it's within the first five minutes. Like the 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 night riders are terrifying. They got the horses with the blood dripping off of them, and they it's like that's I'm not sure. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah, it's some intense stuff. But, anyways, so we watched the first of the Fellowship of the Rings. We're not done. I get tired easily. I just start falling asleep. So, what are you gonna do? Moving on. There will be no sweeps, Tim, in the NHL again this year. There wasn't any sweeps last year. There's lots of game sevens, and it looks like we're on pace again this year to have multiple game sevens. Every series is intense. Every series is competitive. There's no clear-cut champ out there that's just dominating every series. I thought Edmonton might fall into a hole. I thought Toronto might fall into a hole. Don't look now. Everybody's tightened up their series. New Jersey came to play. They're not going to get swept. The Kraken all of a sudden are sliding just a little bit, but they're they're hanging in there. They're they're throwing some punches on their way out. The Golden Knights have somewhat righted the ship versus the Winnipeg Jets. The Bruins have taken a control of the series that we all thought they would. Stars and Wild are knotted up at two. There's a lot of good hockey being played. Where would you like to start, Tim? Well, the big game last night was the Oilers. And it's funny because I was not up late last night. They were down three to one after the first period. And everyone was tweeting out being like, here we go, Edmonton. Here we go again. And I went to bed and I wake up and they won five to four in overtime. And I said, what? That's crazy. It's, it's crazy, too, because the Kings were about to get a three to one series lead and they would have been heading back to Edmonton. So it's not like they could have clinched it out at home right away. But still, like, that's a tough 
That's a tough, that would have been tough to come back from. But the Oilers battled back, two power play goals in the second period. Dry Seidel still leading the charge. It's his team, like you said, two goals. And then Hyman scored in overtime to win it. Kind of a weak shot. I mean, I maybe it was deceptive the way it came off his stick, but he's not he didn't get all of it behind him, but it got by Corpusalo, and all of a sudden we're knotted up at two. So that was kind of the big surprise for me last night. Takeaways from this series. Um, LA's been the better team. From start to finish as a whole, LA's been the better team. The reason LA lost game four was Drew Doughty. Um, turnovers, lack of positioning on goals. He had been fantastic up until that point, game one, two, and three. I feel like he was their best player, arguably, even though he only had one assist. I think I, I feel like he's been really good containing McDavid. Last game was not his best work. He had a dirty turnover behind the net, I think, for the Oilers' second goal at a position for the third goal, overtime goal. Not necessarily his fault, but he, he could have had it. Um, Corpusalo, the last two goals, not great. Kane's goal, should have had. He's he's moving left to right. He overcommitted to the right. It, it wasn't a great shot. It's a hard shot. I mean, glove height. He's got to have that. You have to have that save. Overtime, it's just a hard shot by Hyman. He's not aiming. He's not picking a corner. It goes through him. Like, it, it hits the middle of the net. So, you know, he he just kind of fired it as fast as he could. Corpusala would like to have both of those back. But... Going back to Edmonton, I'm feeling okay if I'm L.A. We let this one slip away. Edmonton's got a high-powered offense. I'm okay. We got best of three now. We've played better, I think, every game. Edmonton dominated the second period last game. They they were possessed. They came out. They had tons of chances, and they dominated. Other than that, the first and the third, even in overtime, I feel like L.A. was the better team. Moving forward, who knows? This is just like what Edmonton did last year. They'd lay a stinker, they'd come out, and they'd completely dominate. Then they'd lay a stinker, they'd get down by five goals, and they'd come back, and they'd win the game. This is what they do. They they have zero consistency in their game. The luxury of them, they can come back on anybody. When it was 3-0, I was like, no way, they're, they're going to come back. And sure enough, 3-3, here we go. The big save was Jack Campbell. On Ardvidsson, I think it was, breakaway. Beautiful save by Jack Campbell. Keeps it a one-goal game. If he gets that, the series is over. Kings go up by two, less than five minutes ago in the third. Series is over. They're down three to one. You're not coming back from that. He makes a big save. Kane gets the tire. Edmonton wins in overtime. It's a three-game series. It's beautiful. The big question now, who starts game five for the Edmonton Oilers? Stuart Skinner had been phenomenal the first three games. Fantastic. I think he had a 0.89 save percentage, something like that. Like ridiculous stats. He was playing very, very well. Gets pulled after three goals, rightfully so. They weren't very strong. His rebound control was suspect. Jack Campbell comes in, plays great. Who starts game five? Do you go with Stuart Skinner, who's been the guy, or Jack Campbell, who came in and held down the fort and pretty much saved your season because he played fantastic in the third period in overtime? If you're the coach, Jay McLennan, Jay Woodcroft, excuse me, Tom McLennan's the opposing coach. If you're Jay Woodcroft, who are you picking? Who are you tapping on the shoulder, Tim, for game five? I think I'm still going back to Skinner. I mean, every goal is going to have a dud now and now and again, but he was, he was your guy down the stretch. He's been your guy for the whole series so far. Until he really proves that he's lost the job, I think you come back with him. What do you think? Yeah, gosh, it's the offs. It's, it's the season, the postseason for goaltender 
changes. I, I don't know what's going on, but yeah. I, yeah. If you go with Campbell, you got to stick with Campbell for game six and seven, I think. But yeah, I think you go back with Skinner. I, I think you don't react too strongly. Skinner's been your guy. You started with him. Yeah, you go back with Skinner. And if he falters short leash, give him a period. If it looks like he's, you know, having a hard time, then you go with Campbell. But you just, you go back to the guy who got you there. And Skinner was your guy in the regular season. So the other big thing right now, Darnell Nurse has been trending on Twitter all morning for basically how bad he's been, especially last night, but in the whole series. And even last night um, through, you know, two periods of ice time, no points, no hits, no takeaways, no shots. He was on the ice for four shots, four, 10 against, zero goals, four, two against. Like he's getting a lot of criticism for having his back to the play, being behind the play, not shutting down the odd man rushes. It's too bad because like like last year he was he was pretty good for them and the and the playoff rush run that they had. And how far can you get if your nine million dollar defenseman isn't playing well? Pretty far. The luxury of adding Matias at home. Luxury of Evan Bouchard playing fantastic. He's a second leading scorer in their team right now. Two goals, five assists. The guy's been lights out. They have depth on the back end. If this is last year or the year before, they're in big trouble. But they've done a good job building their defense. They have some wiggle room there. So Darnell Nurse isn't playing up to his pedigree. He still plays 26 minutes a game. He's still killing a ton of penalties. He's going up against LA's top line every single shift. Give the guy a break. I, I don't think he's playing up to his, you know, top level ceiling. He's not playing terrible. Pe- people are picking apart every single play Darnell Nurse does. And I know that's our job. I know that's what people do, but he's not playing bad. Give the guy a break. He will figure it out. LA's a good team. Just, just leave it be. Uh, the worst thing you can do if you're in Edmonton is just get on this guy. What what good is going to come from that? I don't know. I think he's playing fine. I think you should applaud Evan Bouchard, how good he's playing. The guy's playing lights out. Absolutely lights out for this team. He's confident. He's not shying away from the big moments. He's taking shots when they're there. Where if I'm an if I'm a defenseman, think of this situation. I'm a defenseman. I'm playing the top of the power play. I have Leon Dreinsidel to my right. I have Connor McDavid to my left. You think you're gonna pass or you're gonna take that shot? The two best players in the world, Tim, are on my flanks. This guy's bombs away. He's firing everything. I love it. He's scoring goals. He's facilitating. He's he's not being shy about how good his shot is. So the kid's growing up right in front of our eyes. It's pretty neat to see. I was skeptical when they traded Tyson Bear. I'm like, I don't know if Bouchard can hold the water here. I don't know if he's the guy. He's playing great. He's proven me wrong. He's playing just fantastic. I'm excited to see him, not just the rest of this playoffs, but how his kind of future progresses because he's really playing very, very well. And he's not scared. That's what I love about him. He's just seizing the opportunities going for it for good, good for Evan Bouchard. Darnell nurse was fine. We'll find his game. Edmonton will win this series. I think they should, but gosh, LA's making it very, very hard on them. Like, like I thought they would, they, they match up very well with the Edmonton Oilers, but moving forward, who do you think? What do you, or we'll save our predictions till the end. Okay. It's fun. It's fun when we save it to the end because I think people get confused. You know, we do it now and then at the end, we got nothing to close with. We'll close with the predictions. I think they that's get better. Because you constantly contradict yourself. Never, never do. Unlike you, who, who's been just, oh, uh, avalanche, 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 avalanche. You know what? 
I don't like the avalanche. Not me. I'm Dallas Stars guy. No, I don't like you just you're always flip-flopping. You're like a fish on the shore. Okay. You're just flip-flopping all over the place. I don't want to do this in front of the kids. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to do it here. This, you just want to get the last word in and then don't let me respond. And you move I don't on. want to do this. Like you're taking the high road by saying we shouldn't fight. Oh, I'm in front of the kids. And then I'll whisper, I'm sorry for your mother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What are we talking about next, Tip? Well, the big uh, another big game over the weekend was the Leafs and the Lightning. The Leafs take a series lead two to one. But there was an incident. It was an incident, and uh, we actually a lot of thought, a lot of people were talking about this on Twitter. I'm going to read another, uh, play another listener voicemail. They want to hear your take on something that happened in this game. Andrew Brown calling. Um, I'm from Peterborough, Ontario, and I was just curious on uh, what your guys thought it was on um, when it came to that scrum last night in the Leafs game. Austin Matthews is holding three sticks in his hands while a uh, majority of the other guys on the ice are doing him somewhat of a line brawl. Um, just kind of cracked my head at that thought. I don't know. So what happened was uh, Braden Point kind of gets an awkward collision from Morgan Riley in the corner, goes head head hurt first into the bird into the boards. It looked like maybe his shoulder or something, and then <laughs> and then uh, Kucherov jumps him. A scrum ensues, and then you know the refs break it up. Matthews is picking up sticks, and all of a sudden Stamkos jumps him, starts punching him in the face. The refs right there. They start fighting, another scrum ensues, and a lot of people are saying that Stamkos shouldn't have jumped him and that Matthews is kind of the innocent bystander in this one. And I don't know, a lot of things being said on Twitter. What was your take on this whole melee there? Yeah, it's just a bunch of skill guys who are pissed off for the most part, and they want to just vent. And Stamkos was just, he's looking for a dance partner. He turns around and he sees Austin Matthews' stupid face, and he's like, let's go, he's pissed off. So he pretty much jumps him. So it, it is what it is. Austin Matthews, he's just, you know, it's just par for the course with this guy. He doesn't want to engage in anything physical. Why should he? He's a 60-goal scorer in this league. Let him be. We all know his track record. If there's a fight, he's gone. Looking the other way, he's not interested in anything. Even if guys in his team are getting double teamed, which was happening. He was like the caller said, was it Pete? Or he was from Peterborough. I can't remember his name, but. Um, he's got three sticks in his hand. He's literally picking up equipment as guys are engaging in fights. So it's just how he is. It is what it is. I, I applaud Stamkos. I will say this. This series changed in game three, or was it game two? I can't remember. Mark Giordano fights Zach Bogosian. This was a big moment for me. Toronto finally said we've had enough is enough. Tampa Bay had been somewhat bullying them all season last year. Into the playoffs in the first game, they finally said enough is enough. They get blown out in the first game. They come out, it was game two. Giordano fights Bogosian. Justin Hall fights Corey Perry. Luke Shen fights Tanner Janot. They stood up for themselves. They took a couple lumps. They delivered a couple. They finally said, we're here. We're not rolling over. Let's go. Mark Giordano, 48 years old, jumps in to fight Zach Bogosian. Justin Hall, Corey Perry, Luke Shen, love it. I, I absolutely love that. It's a statement-making game for them, especially near the end of the game when they're they were, they're winning the game handily. Typically, that's when Tampa Bay gets a little frisky. They start face-washing, doing dirty things. They said, no, we're not doing that today. We're going to fight you. We're not doing it. Game's over. We dominated you. If you want to play these games, you're going to win stupid prizes. We're going to fight you. And that's what happened. I I absolutely loved it. That carries over into game three. 
animosity. Loved it. They hit on point. I don't think it's a penalty. Looks bad. Optics are terrible. He goes sliding into the boards 10 feet away, just like bug on a windshield. But I, I loved it. I, I think it's exactly what Toronto needed. It was a wake-up call for them. It kind of rattled their cages of the team. The end result of the Austin Matthews thing is a net positive for Toronto. He comes out looking like a champ. First NHL fight versus Steven Stamkos does pretty well. Stands up for himself. Don't really look at the stuff before. Focus on what's next. It's it's a great outcome. Braden Point might be hurt. It's even better for Toronto. It's a win-win-win for the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. I think they played great. They're the better team in the series, even though Tampa Bay looked pretty darn good in Game 3. Toronto maybe stole one there, but it's... uh. It's a good thing for Toronto that all these these fights happen. It kind of forced them to stand up for you, for themselves. So I don't know. It, so he says he's a chicken. What are you going to do? In that vein, it's it's two to one Toronto. It's still a long series, a lot of hockey left. But does it feel like a different Leafs team, regardless of outcome? Does it feel like they're standing up for themselves more and that they're a tougher team than they've been in the past? Or the it it does yeah. doesn't it? I feel like it does. Even though like Tampa was the better team in Game Three, they carried the play. They had the more dangerous chances. Arguably, they should have won that game. It does feel like a different team for Toronto. We'll see. The same thing happened last year. It went Toronto, Tampa, Toronto, Tampa, Toronto, Tampa. Tampa wins game seven. This year, it's Tampa, Toronto. Then I think it'll go Toronto, Tampa, Toronto, Tampa. We'll see a game seven. Who knows what's going to happen? I think this one goes the length. It's an exciting series. It's great. The coaches are fired up. Kyle Dubas is like yelling at fans in the press box, losing that his mind. Embarrassing. I hated that. It's a little embarrassing. But he's he's fed up too. And uh, what are the fans saying to him for to elicit that reaction? I, I I always wish I was a fly on the wall. It's like why are you losing your marbles so much up there? Like I, I just because the way the rinks work, those fans could reach over and grab his beer or his phone. Like there's no nothing in between them. So a fan could stand on their chair and be eye to eye with Kyle Dubas. So it's I just imagine the stuff they're saying to him. It's so fantastic. I didn't mind it. The optics, like I said earlier, look bad because he's just like screaming like a madman. And you're supposed to be the composed GM. You don't see Julian Breezebois up in his press box losing his marbles. He's like, whatever. But it's just funny. <laughs> These guys, he's probably never been chirped face to face in his life. He just has kind of had a sheltered upbringing. Everything's worked out for him. And now he's someone's beacon him he just loses how dare you and he just like screams it's like easy buddy relax like just to take a couple break here take a breath but i don't know what do you think of this series you think, it's, think it's you think toronto's gonna take control no i think it's, i still think it's going seven and then if it goes seven then obviously we know what what is likely to happen but i still think well i'll save my prediction but, but I, I think it still with, goes a distance even with the injuries that we're seeing headman comes back not his normal self. He, You can tell he's still struggling. Braden Point could be out. Tampa is just treading water. There's, there's struggling right now. You still think Toronto won't come back and take advantages? Eric Chernak's still gone. He, he's not going to be back this whole season. They're going to get bunting back from suspension in game five. So that's another good player that they're going to add to their roster. You think Tampa has enough in the tank to kind of overcome this? I do. Yeah, I mean, it's Tampa and it's Toronto. And I'm not, I, I, I still think, well, Toronto's going to win. I do think that. But I still think it's not even close to over yet. So I hope so. And how good has Ryan O'Reilly been for the Leafs? Everything in, like, this is what you got him for. He's been the guy so far for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I feel like he's been their best player. It's been nice to see. All right, moving on, Tim. 
Unless you got anything to talk about here. No, I've, been, I've been saving it for this one. This oh, my one. goodness. Okay, here we go. Tim's happy. Boston's winning. What's going on with the Bruins series, Tim? Why is Linus Allmark got a bean his bonnet? Yeah, so, I mean, the Bruins won both games over the weekend, and so I'm obviously a happy customer. But the thing I want to talk about was the the battle between Allmark and Kachuk. Happy you... customer? You mean happy camper? Whatever. I had a rhythm. Was that was that important to say? Well, I was just I was thinking about my like, happy customer. Are you, buy, of, are you buying something, <laughs> guys? I'm, I'm sorry about John. Don't steal my jokes now. I know it's not your thing. <laughs> I know it's it's a little bit wack, but okay. Um, Kachuk is enemy number one. We knew this. I'm going for a walk. <laughs> um, <laughs> we knew Kachuk was going to be like the enemy, public enemy number one in Boston. He's very good at his job. Like when it comes to, he's going to score, but he's also going to hit. He's going to agitate. He's going to instigate after the whistle. He's going to draw penalties. He's going to take penalties. He does everything. He's a, he's a superstar. And so I was, I was anticipating liking him, but game four yesterday was not a great game for him just because of, he kind of was distracting. He, they were trying very hard. This whole series, actually, this whole team was trying to very hard to draw the Bruins out of their game by like stuff that Kachuk's doing behind the whistle that Gudis is doing behind the play, like all over Marshawn, all over guys like Hathaway and Orlov who have tempers trying to get them to break. So far, they haven't yet. But you saw a play from Kachuk in that end of the first period where he just comes in and just cross checks Hathaway right below like the rib on the backside there. Um, I thought he might have broke a rib, but Hathaway came back in the second. And so you could tell like the Bruins are pissed about that. And then in the third period, only a couple minutes left. It's like, five, what is it? Five to two at that point. And um, he kind of gets into it in front of the net and all pushes him out of the way and he pushes him back, which he kind of almost never happens. And then like, again, there's a scrum melee ensues both sides, all the players. And then as refs are bringing Kachuk away, he starts yapping at Hathaway, at Allmark uh, again and gets even closer and starts pushing him again. Allmark <gasps> rips off his gloves, takes off his helmet. The refs, of course, would never let, let it go. But it's kind of, I mean, it was funny. It was funny. You don't see the goalie action for a fight against a, a player like that. But I think I think uh, Kachuk was more distracting than effective in this game. What did you think? What do you think about that, uh, that little fight there? What do you mean? He got a goal and assist. He was the best player. Yeah, how did it didn't go anywhere? They lost. Well, I know because the Bruins are the far superior team, even without Bergeron, even without Krejci, they still have much more skill. They're a better team. They got Hall, DeBrusque, Posternock, Marshawn, Bertuzzi, Zaka, Coyle. They're a better team. So Kachuk needs to do this. He has to do these things to drag his team into the fight. I didn't mind it. I don't mind it at all. You're down five to two. Like you, your life is on the line. You're you're up against the wall. One more loss, you're done. Get in the other goalie's head. Tr- try to do something to rattle him. I don't I don't think it'll work. Obviously, Linus Allmark played great. Thirty two shots against, made thirty one saves. Even strength. There was another ten to fifteen on the power play. Panthers played great. I think they should have won this game. They outplayed the Boston Bruins in my no, eyes. They're, they didn't. No, they were throwing. They didn't. Yeah, they did. This was the yeah. first game that Boston like really played their game. This is this the first is time you saw them dominate. This was not. They can't, they what do you can't. mean dominate? They scored two goals in the last five minutes to make it out of reach, but the score doesn't necessarily translate into how the game was played. Were it was a nail biter. All game. Are you watching? Lord I was. Games? I was watching this game. I feel like this was Florida, one of their best games. 
Yes, it looks like a 6-2 games when you throw three goals on the board in the last 10 minutes. Up until that point, Sam Bennett scores the power play goal. I think there was 15 minutes left in the game. That was a, it was a great game. What are your thoughts know. on a player? Your, your rose-colored glasses with the Bruins. I, I feel like Kachuk's playing great. He's their best player. He's got, what, five, six points already in the series. He's doing everything and more for this team. I, I don't I don't hate anything he did. If anything, I, I blame Forbert for not jumping in and fighting Kachuk. You're out there. You're the biggest he dog in the fight. Him. He tackled him. But fight him. You think don't just lay on top of him. him. Yeah, I think he would have. Uh, no, he wouldn't have. You don't think Kachuk would have fought Derek Forbert in that situation? No, what's in it for him? What's in it for Kachuk? Yeah. To to beat the tar at a forward. The game's over. There's only a minute and a half left. He was trying to fight anybody. I don't think Bruins wasted his time with Forbert. I don't think I th- Forbert's below him. I don't the think game was over. The game was over. I feel like he would have grabbed anybody at that point and fought them. So what's what's your what's your take on a guy going after a goalie like that? Because usually I think you it's don't fine. ever see it unless the goalie does something egregious where you're like, okay, you yeah, you're you're eligible now. You're you're eligible to be taken behind the woodshed, whatever you want to term you want to use. But goalies are getting that. a little too bold these days. You look at Bennington, Don't all these other goalies. Bennington with Allmark, come on. These goalies always like poke their nose in situations. Allmark came over and came over to say something to Kachuk. If I'm Kachuk, I'm blasting him in the face. Get out of my face. The scrum is already done and you're coming over to say something. You're involved now. I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Then Allmark, the ref's bear hugging him. And he's taking his gloves off and his helmet. Good for you. You didn't get the win. Swayman gets the win. It's it's just like, I get it. And then all the players, Allmark would have killed him. Oh, Allmark sold. Okay, then fight him. Kachuk would have just beat this guy up with his left hand. It's just not even, oh, I, maybe they're saying it in jest like Carlo and McAvoy. Oh, Allmark's the man. He would have killed him. No, no, he wouldn't have. Kachuk's tough. I think people don't realize how tough the Kachuk brothers are. Go watch their fights. They're tough kids. So Bruins will win. They'll win the next game. Going back to Boston. I think Bergeron gets his first action. It'll be a 4-1 series for them. Get some much-needed rest. Moving on to the second round, like we all expected. But hey, give the Panthers some credit. They're not, they're not going down without a fight, and it's because of Matthew Kachuk. He's the only reason they're in this series. Their goaltenders have played subpar. Lion. Bobrovsky comes in, didn't play great. Only faced, what, 20-some shots, maybe 30. Didn't look too good. So good for the Panthers and Matthew Kachuk. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the Bruins? I'm sure you have some other great stat that they're doing fantastic. Well, uh, just without Bergeron and Krejci, they're two top centers. They scored 10 goals in two games, and now they are in a position where Krejci is not likely for game five. Bergeron is quote unquote likely, but I don't know that he plays. And so, but it doesn't matter. It's cool because you got Taylor Hall stepping up with four points. Tyler Bertuzzi leads the team in, in, in points and playoff points. Dmitry Orlov, not just, I think he's got five assists or six assists in four games, but like all great plays, like the backhand breakout passes, cross size. He had a, um, a, play, a play to, was it Pasternak yesterday? It's just great, great players. So, it is cool um, to see that. And also kind of a neat stat, too. It was the first time in 20 years the Bruins won a postseason game without one of Krejci or Bergeron in the lineup. Dating back to April 15, 2003. Kind of crazy. Yeah, real crazy. Um, uh, no, it's just your, your, your love of Boston. 
is um, it's showing. No, the Bruins are good. They have a very Tim just left the show. He literally walked off. I think he's upset. There's like a a, a chainsaw going outside my window. I had to close the window. Good. Uh, no, I have terrible ears. So moving I. on, you were upset with the the Bruins lineup matchups when they found out Bergeron was out. Obviously, he's been done. They take Krejci out. You were very upset with Jim Montgomery's lineup choices. Why? They went with Coyle, Marchant, and DeBrusque on the first line. Zaka, Bertuzzi, Pasternak on the second line. Frederick Hall and Felino on the third line. What would you have done differently, Tim? That no, that lineup was good. The one that Fluto Shinzawa tweeted out, the the morning skate lines were the ones that were they were terrible. That was what I was upset about. It was Marshawn Coyle Frederick, terrible. Hall Zaka right. I was okay with that. Bertuzzi Krejci DeBrusque. Like that one just that, that didn't make any sense to me. I was okay with what they ended up going with. Okay. But Frederick falls out of the lineup. Oh no, he was third line, not first line. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the New York Islanders. They're having some issues. The big acquisition at the trade deadline, Bo Horvat, the guy was scoring at will for the Vancouver Canucks, comes over, struggles with the Islanders in the regular season. Maybe he's finding his way, getting used to new teammates, new system, whatever. Playoffs start. Things have not gotten better for Bo Horvat. He's got one point in four games for the New York Islanders. Carolina Hurricanes have taken a stranglehold on this series. They're up three to one, most likely going to finish it out the next game they've been playing very well even without Tuevo Teravainen what are your thoughts on the New York Islanders Tim can we just stick a fork in this whole group for them the Nelsons the Lees the Parisis this whole group they're a big group of veterans they went all in trade a first rounder get Bo Horvat Matthew Barzell comes back from injury this was supposed to be the big push swing and a miss for Lou Lamorello again I mean, I guess so. I guess so. They haven't looked good this entire series, although I will say, and I hate to be that guy, but the refs have been pretty bad in this one. Um, the penalties they've been calling or the penalties they haven't been calling against Carolina. And even like there was one yesterday where Parise is in front of uh, Carolina's net and he gets shoved from behind by the defender into the goalie and Parise gets a goalie interference penalty. I understand it's a bang, bang play. You see, you see an opponent on top of the goalie and you want to give him a call, but like, he didn't just stumble into him. Like he gets pushed in and he's the one going in the box. Like stuff like that has been happening kind of this whole series. And so not great. Um, I guess we can probably say the Islanders are done. I think we can say they're toast. Well, let's yeah, I agree. But in a larger scale, Barzal's new contract kicks in next year. Bull Horvat's contract kicks in next year. Are the Islanders doomed to be just a bad team with a lot of bad contracts moving forward? Or are we, or are they okay? Because you still got Anders Lee, you still got Nelson, you still got Jean Pierre, Jean Gabriel Pajot, you got Kyle Palmieri. All these guys are locked up for a lot of years. And on the back end, Pollock, Pellock, Dobson, Romanoff. Is this going to be rough sledding for the Islanders for the next three, four years? Because th- this is their team. I don't know. I-, I still don't think we've seen the best from Barzal. I mean, I know he hasn't progressed uh, the way. We- what you think? You, you and think Barzal. he is at this point? Tim, he's 25. He's been in the league for how many years now? Five, six. This is it, baby. He had his good first year, his rookie year, 85 and 82. Ever since then, he's been a mediocre player for a superstar. Lock him in for 60. That's what you can get from Barzal. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's disappointing for Horvat, especially. I, I called the Islanders, Islanders to win this series, and I called him specifically to have a big series. 
He's been desperate for the playoffs. He's been wanting this for years. He's been wanting to prove what he can do in the postseason, and he's done just about nothing. He had a goal in garbage time yesterday, but he has no points otherwise. And like you said, his contract kicks in next year. He's going to go from 4.125 on the books right now to eight and a half for uh, eight years. Eight years, yeah. Yeah, that's not great. That's not great. Yeah, tough sledding for the Islanders. I think they are going to be just shedding contracts. Anything they can get rid of, they will next year because it's not a the, it's not a good look. You're spending to the max. You have all these veterans. If you can't win now, what what can you win with? You, you, it's not going to happen. What is it about these Canucks players that the Horvats and JT Millers, as soon as they sign a contract, everyone wants to unload it because it's not good anymore? It's crazy. I don't know. Unlike don't Patterson, know it's a poison. No. Another team that has a hard time scoring, the New York Islanders, we just mentioned them, the New Jersey Devils. Everybody thought they had this dynamic offense. Remember, everybody was talking at the beginning of the season. They're scoring at will. Everything's clicking. They got Hughes. They got Hearshire. They got Brad. They got all these guys. Everything's working. They pick up Timo Meyer at the deadline. They have scored one, Tim. Let me repeat this. One even strength goal in three games so far. One. And it was an overtime winner by Dougie Hamilton. What's going on with the New York, New Jersey Devils? Excuse me. Why are the New York Rangers just having their way with them. It's been a strange thing. Yes, this, this series is 2-1 to one for the Rangers, so far from over. Game four goes tonight. But why can't anything get going? Jack Hughes has been okay, but Timo Meyer, zero points. The big offseason acquisition. You and I had a bet who's going to get more points in the playoffs. You're like, Timo Meyer hands down the Devils. Oh, Meyer, Meyer. I said Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane's playing great. He's lighting it up. He's enjoying the moment. What's happening with the Devils so far, Tim? I think the biggest thing is they're getting pushed around. They're they're a smaller, undersized team. Their their stars are small. The Heashers, the Jack Hughes of the world, and they're just not really built for the playoffs. It seems, or at least not yet. And like you said last week at their game one, he said something along the lines of the stage was just too big for them. That's what it feels like this whole series. I know they won um, in overtime, but like they are not. <laughs> they don't look great. That said, it's only a two to one series. They have another game in New Jersey. Um, no, it's in New York, isn't it? It's in the it's in the Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen anything from them, even in their win, to think that they can come back and win this series. Even if they were to win game four tonight, I still don't think I like their chances in the in this series. They're just getting pushed around and they're and the Rangers are kind of having their way with them. So yeah, I don't I don't see this working out well for the rest of the next couple of games for them. The one good thing for the Devils, Vita Vanacek had been terrible. The first two games, he was off his off his angles. He wasn't playing well. Their backup, Schmid, comes in, or Schneid, whatever his name is, Schmid. Weird last name. He played great. And the one thing with the New York Rangers, whatever it is, they make backups look amazing. If your backup plays against the New York Rangers, the guy's going to look like Patrick Waugh and stand on his head. So we'll see. If Schmid can continue to play well, the Devils have a chance. He was lights out in game one the rangers were the better team the devil squeaked it out in overtime so we'll see this this next game is obviously massive for the devils if they lose they're done so the rangers will come out they'll play great adam fox has been terrific chris Kreider, all he does is score goals he's got five goals in three games he went two two and one so the rangers look very good all right let's go over the games that are happening tonight we got a four game fours i love the first round every night there's four games it's so fun it's just action every single night. You think last night couldn't get any better. You wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, here we go again. I got Devils, Rangers, Leafs, Lightning, Jets, Knights, Avalanche, Kraken. 
all the series are two to one pivotal matchups. It's so great. All right. We're doing our picks. Are you ready, Tim? I'm ready. All right. Devils Rangers game four at MSG. What do we got? This hurts me because I had the Devils winning two rounds, but I think it's the Rangers. I think they win tonight. I agree. They're not losing two in a row at at, uh, MSG. They outplayed them in game three. They deserved a better fate. I'm going game four for the Rangers. Schmid's going to come down to earth. It's just going to be the Adam Fox show. I feel like he puts up another two points. Kreider's going to get another goal. Panarin's going to wake up. Zabinijad's going to, they have too, they have too much strength. I'm going the Rangers. All right. Leafs lightning in Tampa Bay. What do we got? Leafs have the two, one lead so far. Couple overtime games, very competitive series. Who's going to win this one, Tim? Tampa. I can't see them going down three to one, not at home, especially. I know they got the injuries, but I think they bounce back and they probably a closer game than it's been the last couple. Maybe it's a two to one, three to two or something, but yeah, Tampa tonight. Yeah, I, man, I guess it all depends on Braden Point for me. He came back from that, that hit. If he plays, I think Tampa wins, but if he doesn't, obviously I think Toronto's going to take it. You can't lose a player of that caliber. So I'm going to, I'll go with the Lightning. But if Point doesn't play, I'm taking the Leafs. I still think Toronto wins this series. All right. Golden Knights, Winnipeg Jets. Big news, friend of the show, Josh Morrissey, out for the series. What happened to him, Tim? I don't even know. I saw an article headline that they're still confident even without Josh Morrissey, which is what else are you going to say? But it's a pretty big loss for a team that was already an underdog. Um, So I don't know how far they can go without him. But not far. Not far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something about the Jets is is uh surprising me though. They've played better than I thought they would, even though they're down two to one in the series. They took the first game. I think they come back and tie it up tonight. If they're at home, I think they come down. It'll go two to two. What do you, you know think? who's been lights out for them? Adam Lowry. He has been so incredibly good scoring goals, playing the body, getting in the knights' faces. He's been really good. I played against him. I know his style of game. He's a moose out there. He's he's playing fantastic. I think the Knights take this series. Uh, uh, Josh Morris, he's a big loss. Logs the most minutes on the back end. First power play unit. The guy plays in all situations. He's going to be a big, big hole to fill. Who do you put there? Who do you put? First first, uh, D, left wing. Left side. You can't put Pionk. He's righty. Schmidt's a righty. Every puck-moving defenseman other than Morrissey is a righty. Brendan Dillon. Dylan Sandberg, uh, that it's it's a huge loss for him. So I'm taking the Vegas Golden Knights to kind of take a stranglehold on this series and not coast. I think Jets do win Game Five and make it a series. That'll be a Game Seven, Six, excuse me. But I'm going the Knights tonight. All right, couple more, Tim. Last one actually. Avalanche Kraken. Kraken have been playing well. Almost snuck out a win in Game Three. I think Avalanche won six to four. What do we got? Is your is your friend Matty Bernier gonna pull one out of the hat and tie this thing up heading back to Colorado? No, it's uh it's Avalanche now. It's their series. We saw a nice game from them in game one, but like you said, I think they can go on and sweep it. So I think you'll see something similar to what Boston did. I think they'll probably win handily tonight and then they'll close it out at home later in the week. I'm taking the crack and I think they're gonna make it a series. The Avalanche have shown cracks no pun intended, in their game. I like the way they've been playing. I think Grubauer is going to come up big, get their first home win in the playoffs in franchise history, and it's a best of three. 
Last year, there was five series that went to game seven in the first round. Five of the eight. I feel like we're going to break that record this year. I think we're going to get six. I think Avalanche Kraken go to seven. Leafs Lightning go to seven. Devils Rangers go to seven. And then the other side, I think the Oilers go to seven. I think all these other teams go to what are you? What are you? What? You don't think the Devils and Rangers are going seven? There's no way. I do. I just said it. I, no, think the Rangers will, I think the Rangers will win tonight. I think the Devils win the next two, and then the Rangers win game seven. That's what I think. Okay. Yeah. Are we doing this again? <laughs> yeah, I think the only series that won't go to seven, well, maybe there's only going to be four, because I don't think the Hurricanes and the Bruins will go to seven. Stars and Kings will go to seven, those two series. So maybe there's going to be four, not five. But who knows? Only time will tell. Or what I say, six? There's going to be a bunch of series that go to seven. It's exciting. <laughs> Parody and hockey. You get me off my game. You just ruin everything. That being said, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. I'm not doing every day this week. It's too much. I think it waters down the content. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Do you want to make predictions for tomorrow night's games too then? I don't. We'll, okay. we'll, release, we'll release them on Twitter. I'm so active on Twitter. You can always get a hold of me. It's fantastic. And then, yeah, send in your voicemails. I want to hear from you. Thanks for the caller today. Always a pleasure. Have a good Monday, everybody. Go watch some hockey tonight. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 